We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Pete's Pigskin Preview presented by Riverland Roofing. I'm Neil McCready. That is MPW Digital football expert Pete DeWeese joining us here as we get you ready for Arkansas at Ole Miss Saturday in Oxford, Vault Hemingway Stadium, 6.30, a game on ESPN today on the show. We're going to take a uh, – or Pete's going to take – I'm not. I'm just all off of the ride. Pete's going to uh, take a look back at – some uh, changes that Ole Miss made. You might have noticed that Ole Miss's offensive line looked sort of different last week against uh, LSU. Ole Miss beats LSU 55-49 in a dramatic uh, down to the final second, down to the final play, down to the ball in the end zone, in the air uh, game against LSU. The Rebels now 4-1 and one overall, 1-1 one and one in the SEC. Uh, Arkansas heads to uh, Oxford on the heels of a three-game losing streak. The uh, Razorbacks now two and three overall, zero and two in the SEC after uh, pretty much a blowout loss uh, in Dallas to uh, Texas A and M. Uh, the Razorbacks have also lost to BYU at home, and they lost by three in Baton Rouge uh, two weeks ago. So we'll we'll talk about the Razorbacks' offense a little bit as well. Before we get to that, I want to tell you that. Uh, we're brought to you by Riverland Roofing. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of? Of course you would. Whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered. Home or business as a GAF master elite contractor, they can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland Services Mississippi and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662 644 Nine seven. This content and all MPW digital content is brought to you also by Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've ever had before. It's made with real brewed tea. It packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. So whether you're tailgating, in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences with Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Pete DeWeese joins me on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Pete, how are you? I'm doing well. So uh, I don't even know where to start with that crazy game uh, last Saturday. Still one that... Uh, People are still buzzing about. People are still talking about it. It's one that people will be talking about for a long, long time. It was a game of runs early. Ole Miss leads 14 to nothing, then 21 to 7, and then LSU sort of controls the middle part of the game, takes the lead. At one point, LSU takes a nine-point lead, looks to uh, looks to have a stranglehold almost on the game with about eight and a half minutes to go. Ole Miss's defense, which was not getting stops. They gave up 670-some-odd yards of offense on Saturday. They get a stop. Ole Miss gets the ball, drives down the field, gets a touchdown. Ole Miss's defense gets another stop, hands the ball to uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss drives down the field, gets another touchdown with 39 seconds left, and then LSU reaches the Ole Miss 16 before a couple of penalties and ultimately 
a failed attempt to uh, win on the final play with a Jaden Daniels pass into the end zone. Ole Miss wins 55 to 49 again in a game that no one's going to forget for a long time in front of the largest crowd in Vault Hemingway Stadium history. I'm sure you watched it. Just your kind of overall thoughts now that you've had a chance to get off the roller coaster and get your equilibrium. Um, you know that there were when we talked last week, there were there were concerns. Um, some of those concerns from the defensive perspective showed up. I mean, you have elite athletes at the skill position all over the field for LSU. Daniels was as good as he could have been for almost the entire night. I mean, there were times where Ole Miss was in perfect phase and and just unbelievable throws. Now he just they got one. A couple in. I mean, oh, he 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 dropped. I mean, he made some some legit NFL Sunday throws. I mean, just ab- could not have been any better. You know, I, they got gifted a touchdown by by the officials or, or the booth. You know, I think a, a lot of non LSU fans would would agree with that. Um, but I they were you know, Ole Miss had started in the past couple of games, even though they had not been great on defense. I thought they had started to find a little bit of a comfort zone. And I thought against LSU, they were uncomfortable. And I think a lot of that had to do from a game planning perspective and some of that stuff. I think a lot of it just had to do with the threat at the quarterback position and in particular his speed, you know, because they they didn't necessarily try to spy him the same way that they did Milrow at Alabama at times. They did not pressure him a ton. I think that, one, they felt like they could not put their secondary on an island, particularly with neighbors. Um, we talked last week about how that has not been a recipe for success for anybody. Um, and so I, I, I feel like they, you know, they they felt like they had to keep a keep a top on things defensively. And that limits your ability a little bit to to do some things in the pass rush. I thought they were selective. Um, about when they went, there were times it was effective, times it wasn't overly effective. You know, I, I think that ultimately the the question in some of these games coming up for Ole Miss is is going to be how are they handling the line of scrimmage, um, whether it's versus a mobile quarterback and whether they're choosing to pressure versus when they're choosing to, to three-man rush and try to keep an extra hat for the queue. Or when teams pack it in and run the ball, I mean that's that's one thing about LSU was was um in in a hurry they could go from kind of a power style football team to to a true spread you out, get an empty, cause some problems, make you worry about the quarterback run, and they they mixed that in pretty well. Um, you know, obviously they were successful offensively. Um, you know, and I, I just I'm curious to see how Ole Miss responds moving forward. Um, in a lot of ways, I don't know if they will play anybody else that presents the same challenges that LSU presented. You know, Georgia is going to present unique challenges. Arkansas is going to present unique challenges. Auburn's going to present unique challenges. But from an overall scheme, talent, put it all out there together standpoint, um, offensively, LSU, the offense has not been the problem for LSU in, in their two losses. No, the two receivers are really good. Diggs yes. is a really good running back. Um, the tight end's good. I know he didn't do a lot, but you have to account for him because, God, he looks like a gazillion dollars out there. And he's a big part of what they try to do. Yeah, and then they're they're pretty good up front. I mean, Will Campbell could play for anybody. And um, Diggs kind of have dudes, and then Daniels is terrific. I mean, those were two great quarterbacks going against each other on Saturday, and there's no other. There's no reason to try to spin it against either one of them. They were both very, very good, and they both made a bunch of plays, and they both played super hard and super smart. And Daniels had the one fumble when he just got walloped, but nobody else turned the ball over. There was more than 1,300 yards of offense in the game. I mean, what do you what do you say? I mean, you know, both offenses were elite. And and so you 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 tip your hat to the offenses. You, if you're the defensive coordinators, that was not your favorite night, and yeah. um, you know, and you try to figure it out, and you hope that hey, that's a product of playing an elite squad, and that when you play a less elite squad, that you'll come back down to earth. I I, I tend to agree with what Lane said. 
I think it was Sunday. It might have been Monday. The days run together. But, you know, he said, look, you don't give up 670, whatever it was, yards of offense and turn around and go, well, it was just a couple of things. No, it's kind of a lot of things. You know, it's more than just the skill on the other side. There was some blown assignments. There was some mistackling. There was some bad angles. There's some. He didn't say this. He inferred this. Implied. He implied it. I inferred it. Um, you know, some talent issues. There's a reason that Pete Golding walked into the the building in January and said we need to add a lot of guys out of the portal and basically added more than twenty from one side of the ball. There's a reason for that. You know, I mean, I was working on two columns: one with Ole Miss winning, and one with Ole Miss losing. And the lead to them losing was Pete Golding saw this coming a long time ago. And you don't fix it overnight. You 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 don't. And so they they don't have a, a ton of speed at linebacker. They don't have a ton of speed at safety. They don't have that dude on the defensive line who is just must be accounted for. It doesn't mean they're good players. Pegues is a good player. Uh, Sanders is a good player. They, they have good players. But they don't, Uku's a good player. But they don't have that one guy that you're like, okay, we must account for him. We've got to no, know who he is. No, they they don't. I mean, they're they're the guy that I like the best at linebacker is a guy that is probably undersized. Um, you know, Ukwu is playing in the position in that defense that you've seen very explosive Will Anderson's play. That's that's not who he is, and that's not a knock on the kid. Um but but he's playing in that role a lot um because he's he's the body that they have there and then you know they've they've started using Perkins in that role some but he's he's still learning the game there's still things about this level and that position that that he's picking up but i i think you're right i think there've been times this season where there have been chunks of games or sections of games where you look and go okay maybe the speed's not great right Saturday was the first time that that you really saw it, it at multiple positions, and um, you know I, I still stand by some of the things I talked about the Ole Miss defense coming out of the Alabama game. Like there has still been some signs of improvement in this unit. You didn't see a lot of it on Saturday, um, but but I, I I still the defense is in a better place than they were a year ago. Um, but they're going to have to continue to add bodies to to find the success they want to have on that side of the ball. And like you did earlier, and this is something that for whatever reason fans just struggle to do, and I think media doesn't do it sometimes because we're we're trying to point fingers. Sometimes you just got to give credit. He made some big time mm-hmm. throws. I mean, there were like you said, there were two touchdowns where they couldn't have been defended any better. He just dropped it in, and and then neighbors look. Neighbors is going to make a lot of money in the NFL. Yes. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. is going to make a lot of money in the NFL. Logan Diggs is going to play in the NFL. That's They're great players, and they made plays. And on the flip side, Ole Miss had great players who made plays. Quinshawn made great plays. Trey Harris made great plays. Uh, Jordan Watkins made great plays. Jackson Dart made great plays. It wasn't all a product of LSU's defense sucking. Sometimes Ole Miss no, just made, no, there, there were some, Ole Miss there, just made plays. That, there were times where Ole Miss made plays. There were times where scheme wise, the coaches did a great job. Um, and, and, you know, they, there were times where LSU had guys in the hole. I mean, you look at, uh, Bentley's long touchdown run and there, there's a linebacker in the hole and Bentley just makes him miss and then outruns everybody. Um, there's, there's certainly some things, you know, that, that sometimes the old miss guys just made plays more so than the LSU guys. And so that's going to have to be the trend moving forward, you know. Um, they, they're going to have to continue to outscore some teams to a certain degree. And, and in a lot of ways, since Kiffin's been on campus, things go as the offense goes. When the offense goes in a lull, it's hard for the defense to be good. So as I hand it off to you, uh, the obvious thing that stuck out on Saturday was coming off of really kind of a couple of games where the offensive line struggled. They looked different. I think they had some different strategies and such on Saturday. Uh, gave up no sacks, created some lanes for the running game, protected Jackson Dart. Ole Miss had 707, I think, 
700 plus yards of total offense, which is an incredible number. Um, the floor is yours. What happened? You know, I the the thing that probably got me the most excited watching this game, and I honestly immediately went to the to the message board and and put something on there about it um, because Ole Miss got into one of my favorite run schemes in in football right now, and and they did it differently than than the way that they've been doing things, and it's kind of more in the model the way a lot of teams have have progressed in this scheme. So Ole Miss runs a lot of inside zone, and I'm just going to skip to to the end zone here. So inside zone, you're, you're looking at, at a lot of lateral movement, okay? And everybody's working tracks, and typically the running back is working a lateral track, and he has a chance to jump out the front door or cut things back behind his blockers. And a lot of times when you're running that scheme, if you're Ole Miss, you have some type of an RPO on the outside. And so all these extra defenders that you see outside of the box that you can't account for all of them in the run box, Ole Miss tries to RPO off those guys. Okay, They came out Saturday in in many ways, but this being my particular favorite, they wanted to set the tone. And I, I do think to some degree, I mean, if you look at this picture right here, Ole Miss or, you know, LSU's playing with four defenders in the box and they're going to try to add a fifth guy. But right now they're your four defenders in the box. Ole Miss has five offensive linemen and a tight end. It's a matchup you should win. What LSU tries to do is whether it comes from an outside backer or rotating safety or one of these these nickels folding in, they they add their hats. They try to move guys, create confusion. It's what we've talked about since the Tulane game that guys are trying to do. So Ole Miss came out and they decided to run a run scheme. It's it's commonly known as duo. Okay, the idea behind duo is you are going to create as many vertical double teams as you can, and you are going to try to push the ball downhill into a gap. Typically for the offense. If the running back is going to be downhill in A-gap, he is going to read the front side backer. If that backer fits inside into A-gap, then the running back's cut is going to take him out to the next gap or even out to the next gap. So defensively, right now, you look at the picture, and there's two defenders out there sitting there waiting to catch it. But instead of using an RPO, Ole Miss actually motions in Watkins and it gives them an extra hat to now get here. Now what you're telling them is a, def- a defender that's 10 yards, 12 yards past the line of scrimmage, or a corner that's outside the box is going to be forced to make the tackle. It is a physical way to set the tone, to get downhill. And this is Ole Miss's second play of offense in the game, and they are not hiding the fact that they are their goal here is to get downhill and and be aggressive. So you see it right here. So they motion in Watkins. So there you go. That's how you control the extra defender. Now, the interesting thing here is I, I, I don't think they actually blocked it right the first time that they ran it. Typically, if you're blocking duo, the way the combos would work, and it probably threw them off because there was only one backer, but typically you would have these two working for these for this DN and probably Perkins out here. You would have the center and the guard working for the backer that you expect to be here, which scheme-wise should end up being this safety for, uh, or number 15 folding back in. You would have these two working for number 30. Watkins is now on the left, on number one. Back reads number 30 and is going to cut off of his fit. Ole Miss actually ends up in a situation where they they lose a double team. They get the one here. But they end up with the center man up, and they almost end up with a three-man combo, which is typically not how you want duo to look. But it it it, it doesn't hurt them on this particular play because they handle it pretty well at center, right? If you get 67 working this combo here, 79 can be late coming off on this backer as he fits because that's who Judkins is reading. And you can see the stripe on the helmet. His eyes are right on that linebacker. As the linebacker fits in, he gets bodied up right there. So he's going to press a gap and hit it right now. 
And you can see if they finish any better right there on that backer, there's a there's a long way to run. They do a great job. Uh, the center does a phenomenal job on the nose right here. They handle the the outside combo with with James and Pettis. They get control of the defensive end. Watkins builds it here. They're trying to get Wade in to get to this safety. So now you're talking about the backside safety, who's at 15 yards, or the corner. If you can hold up any better on this block on the Mike linebacker, you're looking at a deep downfield defender being the only guy in position to potentially make that tackle. It is a very intentional, we think we're going to run it down your throat, attitude type play. And Ole Miss, like I said, they show it early in the game. Okay. This is a couple plays later. Okay. Same deal. You see the motion now from the wide copy. Again, if I go back to the end zone, again, Ole Miss is being very intentional. Here comes the motion again. So now you see the combo plays out differently. They get the double team here. Vertical, they get the combo here. These two are going to sort out the DN to that outside linebacker. If Watkins can stick right there, and Prescorn should go ahead and climb right there to eight, it is a beautifully blocked play. You want to be able to hit that ball right there. They are one step away again from popping this thing for another huge run. It is 100% an attitude. We are going to build combos. We are going to move the line of scrimmage vertically, and we are going to cut off your backer and get downhill right now. So you're allowing your downhill physical running back to be downhill. You're bringing in bodies to account for safeties, for extra defenders, and you're popping. I mean, if if we run it back to the wide, you can see it. Is this some game-changing play? Is it a scoring play? No, but it is very much an attitude run. You're looking at a second down right here. Um, I think you're you're second and seven or so, or you may be first and ten right there. You pop it right now, and you're nine to ten yards right there on first down. Being physical, this is not – this is a scheme that Ole Miss has been hit with several times as a defense because a lot of people run it. Alabama, it's where they settled in in the second half against Ole Miss. Uh, you saw it from Tulane. You're probably going to see it from Arkansas. You're definitely going to see it down the road past that from some of the teams that are on the Ole Miss schedule. But it's the first time I've seen Ole Miss come out and just say, we're going to run it right at you. We're going to be physical. We believe in the matchup. And so it's something that I really hope doesn't go away and disappear uh, from from the Ole Miss game plan, okay? Just really a couple other things offensively that I want to show you. I mean, obviously, you look at the production. There, there's a billion things we could talk about, but there were some really cool things that I thought that Ole Miss did um, from a game plan standpoint that, that were good. Um, we've talked before about uh, two different concepts. One, we've talked about how Ole Miss loves the Y-cross concept, where typically on the front side, you get some type of a two-man concept, whether it's a fade and an out route, a lot of times when they stack, they're going to fake the screen to the outside or to the back guy. They're going to pump the the guy that's on the line of scrimmage vertical. And then normally what Ole Miss would do is they would bring the backside slot on this deep cross. They put the third guy on this curl route, and then the tailback is going to check through and end up in the opposite flat, and you build out all your triangles. The other concept we've seen Ole Miss run a ton of this year is we have seen them with these two relatively close together either push vertical to a post with him on the sail route or we've seen them like first play of the season uh, against Mercer, I believe. We saw them, they outside released the slot receiver to the post and then they inside stemmed the outside guy back to the same sail route. So what they did here was they used the the number of times they run sail into that boundary, particularly on the right side, they used that to just build another variation of Y cross right here. And they got one of the guys that I think Dart's most comfortable with in a space where they know they can find grass. So down here at the bottom of the screen, you're going to see they're going to fake the screen to the, the back receiver, and you're going to see Caden get down, down the sideline here. Okay, now – 
Dart pre-snap sees three over two in this two-man concept is is essentially dead pre-snap unless the picture changes. So you can see how quickly his eyes has already come off of that. He doesn't – between there being three defenders over two and there being a deep safety at 10, 12 yards, he's thinking right now that side of this is dead. You watch it play out, and the truth is he probably could have taken 86 for, for a shot right there. But he understands the system. He knows what's going on. He knows how they're manipulating guys. He understands Reed so much better in his second year. So he gets off of it and gets to his cross. Now, what's interesting about the cross is instead of bringing the slot on the crosser, Ole Miss uses the same release that they've worked on that cell route. And LSU has no doubt watched it, worked it in practice, where they've seen this. So as a result, this safety can't be aggressive on the inside stem by Watkins. He knows he has to hold because it very likely could be that that switch by those two guys. Where and, and he's going to end up having to carry that post route. So you'll see as the play releases here, there's the safety. He's in the corner. They're both holding depth because they're thinking at this point, they're waiting on him to come back outside and the corner to fall off on it. And he's ready to catch this post because that's the route stem they've seen on film and practice so many times that LSU or that Ole Miss has shown. Well, here they show the exact same route stem. But now Watkins continues inside. Instead of getting back out to the sideline, he continues inside, gets right down the middle of the field. It's a perfect throw, and now it's just a foot race with the safeties, and he's a guy that's fast enough to get there. If you watch it from the end zone, okay, you see how the route stem really manipulates that safety. You see how quickly Dart gets to it. And then the big thing here, is you can watch Dart. It's it's subtle. There's not a lot to it. But he's going to move his eyes just enough to hold this Mike linebacker and create his window. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So when he starts looking left, it's going to push 30 just a little bit that way. Beautiful pickup. I mean, this has been talked about. I've seen this on Twitter a hundred different times in the last week. But you watch here, you watch the running back. That is a beautiful pickup on an all-American linebacker. Dart manipulates. He holds the guy right here just enough. Boom. Anticipates. Perfect throw. Hits him in absolute stride. And Ole Miss is off him running for a, an absolute big touchdown play. So the the combination of great protection by the O-line, great understanding of the system by Dart, and a really nice job by the coaches of building on a scheme that they've shown a lot of to get to one of the other schemes that they already have in the system and that they love to do. It, it, that play really just complemented so many different things about where they're where they are as an offense as far as starting to build off what they're good at and really just continue to get their guys the ball. Okay. This, this play here, we you know, we talked a lot about uh, last week, I said, you know, Ole Miss has to stay out of third and long. That's LSU can give you so many different looks. And I thought a lot of the times they did a great job staying out of third and long, but there's times that they got caught in it. 
their third and long plan and their third and medium plan in a lot of ways was this concept. They motioned to it. They lined up in it. But this is essentially what they got to. I saw them run this against uh, Tulane early in the season. Maybe they've run it since then, but I, I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. But they get into a mesh concept. And what's what, what's interesting about it to me is you notice the splits. You get the wide split out here by the by the receiver to the trip side. The two and three receiver to that side are close together, and they're pretty close to the offensive line. So what they've essentially done is isolated their outside receiver on the corner. So he, Dart has a one-on-one. I don't know if they're signaling this. I don't know if they're reading this. I have watched them work comebacks. I've watched them work a little stutter and go. I'm pretty sure they've just run vertical on it. So whether they're tagging it, signaling it, reading it on the fly as a choice route, I'm not really sure. And then what they're doing in the rest of the of the concept is they're taking the third receiver, and he's going to push over the ball at about 8 to 10. The second receiver is coming off of him, and he's looking to go set a pick on this mesh concept for the backside receiver. Backside receiver works the mesh. The running back is in protection. If he gets a pressure from his backer, he's going to take it. If not, he's going to release into this wheel route. So what you've done is you've got a one-on-one, a matchup beater on the outside, and then you've built this nice mesh can work as a zone beater, and it can also work as a man-to-man beater because you create natural picks here. So they've kind of built all those things into one concept. And I, I think by my count, they ran this maybe five times against LSU with success virtually every time, including this big one right here. Okay. Um, Dart gets a snap immediately. His eyes go outside to his matchup. You can see they're working a little stutter right here. He does not like the stutter. The DB is off. So he comes off of it pretty quickly. Okay. When Watkins releases, he creates a rub for the tight end. Okay. 86 is now looking to set the rub for Wade coming back across the formation. There's nobody there because the linebacker has now peeled off to run with the running back who's been able to release out into his wheel route. It's an easy read for the quarterback, and there, there's the explosive. In the course of this game, they hit the outside receiver on the one-on-one matchup. They hit the single receiver like they do on this particular snap coming back underneath. Um, they, uh, I believe, hit the tight end one time coming back. And I, they may have, uh, they may have even hit the over route one time. So it was a very good concept for them the other night. Like I said, they lined up just like this to run it. They started with 86 over here, uh, excuse me, opposite of the formation. They motioned him across to get to the exact same thing, but they found something they felt was effective against what LSU was going to do coverage wise. And they, and they just honed in on it all week long and they found a ton of success just like they did right here. And again, you you go to the end zone copy. This is a third and 11, I believe, in the red zone. Um, You know, they don't go with an exotic look right here. Um, You know, I I think they're feeling a little bit, but they they do bring a pressure. And again, the middle of the offensive line, don't get me wrong, Pettis probably had his best game of the season. The tackles, but the interior of the offensive line, I thought was so much better um, in, in this particular game. I thought it's the best they've looked at the center position, um, just handling some of the different movements and some of the different things, and and they were really able to find some success there. Um, the kind of last one I want to show you um, from, from the other night, okay? There were several clips that I, I kind of thought about showing and whatever, it wasn't a big deal. So many big numbers. Watkins had a big night. 86 showed up, nine showed up, right? In a lot of ways, 19 did some phenomenal things on Saturday. There was a time where they threw a screen to him where when you look at it, when the ball is snapped, 86 is looking at the sideline trying to get the play and blocks no one because when the play is snapped, he's still trying to get a signal, and it should have probably been a three-yard loss and somehow turned into an eight-yard gain. 
right? This was why I thought just, just such a heads-up play right here. So they come out, they go tempo, and they get in this quad set, and they put Judkins out here behind their three-receiver side. And at the snap of the ball, I, I think Wade's still really trying to figure out what's going on right here. But as the play develops and Ole Miss throws it out there to Judkins and he sees, oh, crap, what's happening, he turns and finds the safety and actually makes the play. And I said Judkins, it's actually Bentley. Sure. But, you know, had the truth is, as funny as this sounds, had Wade done what he was supposed to do, he probably was supposed to block the corner and the safety's in pretty decent position to make the play for a minimal gain. He, he kind of heads up, sees the safety, and Bentley's able to put a move on the corner oh, yeah. and make the next guy miss. And so it just – there were so many little things where I kept saying, man, 19 really showed up right there. He really flashed, he has right? Football. He has uh, football. There were several – he, he he does. He certainly appears to. Yeah. Um, they did a great job. You know, they they kept putting him in the backfield and motioning him out and throwing swing routes. And so I, I thought they did some really good things with him the other day. Um, and I thought he he had a huge role in the game, had a touchdown, um, but but did did some other things as well to just extend drives, keep things going that I, I thought were really good for the Ole Miss offense. Um, you know, kind of kind of switching gears a little bit. Um Arkansas is hard to figure in some ways. Um, you know, defensively, they're excuse me, sorry. I, I, no, it's okay. Defensively, it's it's weird. They're fifth in the league in sacks. Ole Miss is third. They're second in the league in interceptions. Um, tied for second. They've got three defensive touchdowns off of interceptions this year. They're second in the league in fumble returns. So they they are turning teams over. They are causing turnovers. Their their points per game isn't pretty. They're giving up points. Um, some of that, if you watch the Texas A&M game, special teams. Um, some of that's the offense turning the ball over. Um, but they're 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 giving up some points defensively. But the big thing that you see, and I feel like when we've seen Arkansas play its best defense in the past couple of years. There was a level of athleticism, second and third level, that I don't know if that same athleticism is as consistent right now. And so when I watch them defensively, they they do a lot of four-man front. They'll get into some odd front. Um, and like I said, they they do things. They turn the ball over. I mean, you, you know, you're second in the, in the SEC for with interceptions. I think that number was – May have been, I don't remember off the top of my head. I want to say seven, but that might have been sacks. But, um, you know, so they're turning the ball over, but they're not great defensively. Ole Miss, for Ole Miss to win this game, it's going to come down to the defense stopping Arkansas, in my opinion. Arkansas's offense, again, not not as good as they were last year, in my it's opinion. Weird. Now, they're off they're getting back. Weird. They, it is very weird. And yeah. now they're about to get back an elite tailback, right? I mean, he played last week. Sure. You could tell he wasn't full speed. How much better is he this week, right? Um, they lost one of their best playmakers, a guy that does a lot for them in their tight end. Luke that, has, yeah. That, that's going to hurt them because he's, he's a good player. Here's the um, indictment. Let me, let me interrupt for a second. The indictment on Pittman is this. Here's a guy that has built a reputation as an elite recruiter and a very strong offensive line coach. And their offensive line is bad. That is the indictment on him. They're not good up front on the offense. And it they have Sanders. I, I saw someone say that their receivers are, are, are not good. And I'm like, no, you know what? They kind of have some dudes at receiver. They got some tall guys. They got some guys who can really run. Yes. They, they've got some athletes there. Losing the tight end hurt. He was a stud. Number nine, Luke Haas, terrific player. Uh, but they've got a it's kind of a stable of running backs. Uh, Dominion's not bad. Uh, A.J. Green, not a great blocker, but a good runner. Sanders is an NFL player. Um, Jefferson's an Jefferson's a good quarterback. I mean, he's had a, a a pretty good body of work now for a while. I mean, he's going to go down when you when he finishes and you look at his numbers, you're going to be like, oh, the guy was pretty good. They're not good up front, and it's killing them. That it it's funny, and I actually I said it last week when we we're prepping for LSU was 
there are times where they look really in sync and they handle some things and pass some stuff off. And then there's times where athleticism just gets the absolute best of them. Um, and Pittman's always been a big body guy. I mean, he, he's always played with just massive individuals up front. When he was there under BMO, when he, he was at Georgia, he recruits big guys. And, and you know, you can be as big as you want, and sometimes if you're not athletic, it, it, it doesn't play. And the interesting thing to me, and I know we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, was, you know, he had the fallout with Kendall Browse. And there was a lot of production in that that offense the past couple of years. And he had the fallout with Kendall, and he did what a lot of coaches are going to do. He went with somebody he was comfortable with, somebody he could trust. Um, and, and he brought back Danny Nose, who's, who's been in Fayetteville before and has had some stops in Miami and, and, and a lot of different places and is much more of a pro-style kind of guy. He got frustrated with Bryles. Because Kendall has a tendency, and I think you've seen it at TCU, in fairness to Pittman, to get cute. Yes. There were some times in the last couple of years where Arkansas would be having a drive where the one that really comes to mind is they were about to put Texas A&M away last year. They got the ball scored, got the ball scored, got the ball, and they're driving. They're about to go up 21 nothing. And he puts in this package with it's kind of Hugh Freeze-ish. Kendall Bryles, Hugh Freeze remind me of one another. <laughs> hey, we've got this thing that we worked on all week, and it's just so cool, and we got to do it. Nah, man, you're kicking their ass tackle to tackle. Just Stay keep with kicking it. it. Just yep. keep kicking it. Kick it until it can't get kicked anymore. And he did some stuff like that throughout the season. And it frustrated Pittman, and Pittman got frustrated with Bryles and went on and on. And instead of kind of keeping him around, and I think you would have stayed, keeping him around for KJ's final season with Sanders and everything, they went with a completely different thing. And I think, and you're probably about to talk about it in a minute, Jefferson is holding on to the ball a long time, which tells me that he doesn't really understand exactly what it is they're asking him to do. So some of it is, is you know, some of the things by design are, are, are downfield designs where you're going to hold on to it a little bit. But he switched from a system that was really good for him. For for Kendall can get as cute as he wants, but um, and and I know Ole Miss fans love talking about Levy, but Kendall and Levy, it's it's literally the same family. Um. One thing that they do a good job of is is they isolate things for the quarterback and they find a way to get playmakers in space. And Kendall did a phenomenal job of that, both in the run game for KJ, but he also did it in the passing game for KJ. And so very KJ similar, a, very similar to the job that Jeff Levy did for Matt Corral. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so, you know, KJ Jefferson has a lot of tools. And somebody's going to give him an opportunity. And will he stick? That's it's not my job. But he's going to get an opportunity because, like you said, there are some decent numbers there. Um, and he's a big, gifted kid. But he's been asked to now change this system entirely. And they tried to keep some elements of what makes Jefferson good. But in a lot of ways, they have gotten away from some of the best things that Arkansas has had going under KJ Jefferson. Um, you know, they have been a heavy quarterback read team, heavy run game with the quarterback, with the chance to hand it, a chance to read it. They've given him shot plays and quick game on the outside. Um, they've had some good bootleg and screen stuff on the perimeter. And now they are they're they're in an RPO world where he is pretty comfortable. And I, I feel like he's pretty decent at it. But it is a there is a ton of drop back play action uh, concepts that maybe aren't the same as what he's been accustomed to, and there's still been a little bit of a learning curve there. So, you know, the big thing when we talk about Jefferson that I, you know everybody knows without me having to tell them is that he can kill you with his legs if you let him. And so you see LSU here, you see him get into an exotic. Now you see. They absolutely annihilate the protection for Arkansas right here. 
But if you make the decision to go after him and you do not get to him, he is big and athletic and has the ability to to go make you pay. And, you know, this was a one-score ball game. And in so many ways, this was a one-score ball game because of K.J. Jefferson. For sure. His ability to extend plays and find highs and find uh, number four, the big tall slot receiver. Like his ability oh. to extend plays and do some of those things did a lot to keep them alive uh, in the course of this game. So without it being, you know, said, I mean, three weeks in a row, Ole Miss has played the quarterback that's got the ability to beat you with his legs. Okay. Um, some of the just interesting things that, that, that I kind of, you know, picked up is, is they're running a lot of, a lot of traditional, um, passing concepts. It's, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing that, that you don't see all over the country, but like here that they're going to run a basic curl flat. Okay. And we talk about KJ holding the ball and I saw the piece that Chase put on the website, thought it was, had a lot of great information in it, but they're going to run a simple. He's going to inside release, and he's going to push down the middle of the field to try to carry the safety. The sniffer is going to work into the flat, and they're going to try to push this receiver here into the curl. You want the inside release of this slot to hold that Mike linebacker just enough because you don't want the Mike to get out and become an extra defender with a chance to get underneath the curl. On the backside, whether you have a curl or a dig route, whatever your combo is, depending on how you run it, for the quarterback, he's identifying what's my my coverage shell. So he's looking, where's this weak safety? This weak safety is here. So I'm outnumbered to the boundary. If my back does get out in protection, I've got two guys over a minimum of three defenders. So concept-wise, I've got to stay to the front side. If this safety were to rotate down, and he's rotating back into cover three, or if he's rotating down and this safety's rotating back into cover three, now you might have an opportunity to work the weak side. Your numbers are going to be better, especially if they're rotating down because it almost guarantees there's a pressure coming from that side of the defense. And I, one of the reasons I showed this clip is this is seems to be fairly prominent in their offense, and Ole Miss plays a ton of cover three. And in so many ways, curl flat is designed to be cover three. So here you can see when when Jefferson gets to the top of his drop, he needs that receiver now to be getting to depth and coming back out of his break. And they're just late getting to it. They're late getting out of the break. And you can see LSU, they don't do enough to hold that Mike linebacker. You see how four releases inside here, but he doesn't hold that Mike. So the mic is able to push all the way out, get underneath the curl route, and Jefferson's forced to make a late throw. His receiver slipped, right? I mean, they had a chance to execute the concept. But if you're if you're Arkansas and you're watching this on film, you don't need him holding the football that long. You want him to hit the top of this three-step drop. His eyes are – he knows the seam is out. He should hitch one time. Eyes are on the curl. Ball's out now. Instead, if you watch his feet right here, he hits the top of his drop, and he's processed. He knows I can't throw the seam route right here. But when he hits the top of his drop, one, two, three, one, two, three, he almost hitches four times before he's able to get that curl out of his hand. And that's just holding it a little bit too long um, for for what you want to do. Now, my biggest concern other than – you know, Sanders getting loose other than, than losing contain on KJ and some things is they are hellbent in every game on dialing up these downfield play action shots. Everybody runs stuff like this. Again, it's not about it being revolutionary, but this is where you saw Ole Miss get hurt by Alabama a couple of times in that game, particularly in the second half. This is where – you know, you saw Tulane dial it up a couple times. You've seen teams get Ole Miss into their coverage rotations, get them into single high looks where they try to go clear everything out and either run past the middle of the field safety or clear him out to bring something back underneath. So here, they're going to fake the jet sweep on one side. They're going to fake the running back, 
and they're actually excuse me they're actually going to be in a seven man protection right here. You've got tight end in protection, tailback is a check release guy in the protection. They're pulling a guard to try to hold those linebackers. So now, as they release right here, okay, you've got your outside receiver down here at the bottom is working this double move on the corner. Quarterback is reading that free safety. There's my double move on the corner, and he's beat. If KJ can sit in the pocket flat-footed right now, he there is plenty of space to throw this post-corner route or this cop route, excuse me, <clears throat> because the middle of the field safety hasn't worked to it. If this safety is worked to it or is working deep, here comes the deep over route across yeah, country right, yep. right into the void. Okay. So you see just the play action has done enough to hold the underneath coverage. The motion did enough <laughs> to hold it underneath coverage. So you give him an easy one, two, three check down and a chance to take a shot. There were, I think, six, seven times in this game where Arkansas decidedly, whether it was first down, second down, whatever, went big play action, tried to take shots down the field. They get one here, and quite honestly, Jefferson turns it over. You know, this is 100%. He should have thrown the post right here. This is the ball that you saw Alabama complete against Ole Miss where it just went right past the safety and the receiver made a hell of a play on the ball. Yeah, the post but right is here. That, he's got a touchdown if he throws the post. Oh, 100% got a touchdown, and they hit it later in the game yeah. on a very similar concept. <laughs> but they are going to attack that middle-of-the-field safety for Ole Miss, and they are going to flood things underneath those deep routes to try to take things away. Here's here's an example of, of another one, okay? A um, little bit later in the game, um. All right, so here they're in a 12-piece, so they're in a run set now. So you've got two tight ends on the field, two receivers, one running back. So you're thinking heavy run set, all right? They start off, going a little slow right here, they start off with tight end wing on the left as well as a receiver to the left and one receiver to the right. They're going to trade the tight end and wing over to the right side, and now, and Ole Miss fans might be having flashbacks to the Alabama game, they are going to bring the outside receiver in jet sweep motion, coming to uh, left to right uh, for the offense. They're going to fake the jet sweep to the guy in motion. They're going to fake the downhill run to the tailback, and they're going to try to create a post wheel on the outside with a third player in in the flat, okay? So let this shake out. Here comes the motion. Fake the jet, fake the downhill. Again, you look at the effect that it has on the downhill players. You've got linebackers. Everybody's running with it. Now it's, it's a good pass rush again by LSU, but he gives him just enough space to step up in the pocket Oz gets caught up right here. They want the tight end. He's trying to show like he's blocking and then leak out late, and he gets caught up right there, and it forces Jefferson to almost have to eat the ball. Instead, he has to throw it into a contested receiver, and LSU ends up, I, I think, drawing a flag on the play. But again, it's about them decidedly choosing. We'll show the end zone real quickly just so you can see what the run action looks like. They, they are really trying to take a shot right here. They are showing you a heavy run action, and they want to push the ball down the field. That's something that you're going to see a lot out of this Arkansas offense as the day goes on. And I think Jefferson does a pretty good job managing their play action fakes. His footwork is typically pretty clean on a lot of these shot plays, and it is a good way for them to push the ball down the field. Now, Here's one of the other things that I, I, I noticed watching this game. Saw some of the same things in the Texas A&M game. Okay. Every offense is a little bit different. How they build RPOs are a little bit different. They did a good job, I thought, in attacking LSU where LSU wanted to force the run game. So a lot of teams, if they're going to have a run play here to the right, the quarterback is going to read the RPO 
to the right. What I keep seeing LA or Arkansas do consistently is they have the quarterback actually reading across the bow. Okay. So he is going to turn and open to his right for this downhill run play, but he's going to be looking back over his left shoulder at the backside safety. And if that's how the defense wants to gain the extra hat in the box, he is going to pull and try to throw the glance route behind it. Now, again, other teams do it. Ole Miss does it. Jackson Dart's made this throw um, several times. I think actually the first touchdown of the season to Harris may have been um, on a very similar RPO scheme. But you can see here, the run is to the right. You get everybody coming downhill. You suck the safety down. But his eyes are back over his left shoulder looking for that safety to come down. Pulls the ball. There it is right there in the window. So, again, if you're Ole Miss defensively and you like playing a lot of cover three single high principles where one of those safeties is going to rock down in the box, they are going to try and attack you on these backside glance routes. So you can see here there's the footwork. His eyes are here on eight. If the back gets the ball, you can see there's actually a chance at a little bit of a crease. He gets a pull read. He pulls it. There it is right there. Hit him in stride, easy throw and catch. So I, I thought it was interesting. This is another clip, very similar situation, same type of deal. You see him kind of reading back across the bow a little bit. Another RPO scheme. Now they're going to do it, I believe, to the two-receiver side. So there you go. There's the run. He's opening to the left. He's reading things to the right. They found the fitter. He finds his receiver, throw and catch in space. So how Ole Miss chooses to find their extra fitter, um, knowing that so often I feel like these throws are coming from the boundary, from the short side, and away from the, the run action. Curious to see how Ole Miss is going to handle that because you have to get the extra fitter in the box for the run um, because they, you know, they, they can be effective in the run game. I'm just going to show you really two more things. Again, I thought the RPO stuff was something that, that you're going to see a lot of. But again, going back to their their desire, for lack of a better word, for taking shots down the field with with big play action. So they come out again in a run set, okay? And they are going to put tight end wing to the left, two receivers to the right. So again oftentimes equals a run set for a lot of teams. Now they're going to get into it similar to what they did earlier, but now they're just going to build it out a little bit differently. They're still going to try to clear out this safety. They're still going to try to clear him out. They've got another guy on the outside here who's going to work another post route. So if it's cover three and there's one safety in the middle of the field, he should get eaten up by the inside post. If the corner doesn't squeeze the outside post, you have a chance. If the safety's over the top to protect the outside post, the underneath post has a chance to be open. And if you cover that up well, here they're bringing the guy from the boundary to the field. He becomes that deep crosser. And they're just stressing you vertically right here. Again, KJ does a great job climbing in the pocket, but you can see right here the inside receiver recognizes that the safety has him. So instead of staying tall in his post route, He's going to bend it cross face because <clears throat> his job there is to pull that safety. He is literally, I'm trying to just draw the safety. I'm not really expecting the ball, but there's the big boy post up top for the long touchdown, exploiting the corner right there and just getting behind the safety. Another that that was uh you know really the next very next snap when uh, they end up back on the field, Arkansas comes out. One decides, let's take another shot. Let's go up top. Okay. After a penalty right here. Now get more traditional set. Only one tight end on the field. <clears throat> you get your three receivers. Get back into your play action game right here. And now they're going back to this same type of sale concept that we've seen Ole Miss run uh, that we kind of referenced earlier. And again, this is where I think, you know, the last two clips, including this one, this is where you see them using that tight end and him being a big athletic piece of their offense. I think they're going to miss him because they're oh, doing the same sure. thing now. They're he, pushing he was, these same he posts. Was a huge part of their red zone package. Oh, 
absolutely a huge part of their red zone. So now instead of bringing nine from the backside on this crossing route, they're running the same double post and they're bringing nine from the same side. And he's going to end up on the same landmark that he really was on on the previous play. Here, they defend the post routes better. They got an, an extra safety, but there's Haas right now, gets upfield, gets him in the red zone for another explosive play. So I'm curious to see what losing him does. They spend a decent amount of time with two tight ends on the field. What does that look like with him gone? Because when there are in two tights, he's where they're trying to get the ball. Um, without him, is it a lot more 11P where it's just one tight end on the field? That plays into Ole Miss's hands from a run game perspective, in my opinion. The more that Arkansas can do to play with two tight ends and get into some heavier run packages helps them against the Ole Miss defense. Um, but you're going to see – you were going to see – you're going to see K.J. Jefferson's legs being used when it matters the most in the red zone on third down, and you're going to see them take a lot of shots down the field uh, if the Ole Miss secondary can hold up and they can get some moderate push up front um, and, and contain quarterback. I mean, I, I don't – there's no reason Ole Miss shouldn't be able to be successful offensively as long as they're not turning the ball over. Um, so it's got a chance yeah. to be another crazy, you know, hopefully not as high-scoring Ole Miss-Arkansas game. I detest this game most of the time. Um, but it, it should be an interesting one to watch for sure. You know, it's funny. I, I mean, I've watched a lot of Arkansas this year. I've watched all of Ole Miss. I, I know everybody does this thing about history, and it's always a drunk game and blah, blah, blah. I don't think this is a super competitive game. If the, if you tell me at the end of the day that this game's close or that Arkansas wins, I'll tell you two things. One, Ole Miss turned it over. And two, boy. That defense has issues. Those yes. are the two things I'm going to come away with. Agreed. Otherwise, this is a two-and-a-half to three-score Ole Miss victory. That's what I think. Yeah, I, you know, I, I will say this. It's hard to say this without having seen Sanders full speed. Sure. But the thing that they don't have, knock on wood, is the quick strike ability that an LSU had. Yeah, there's no trailing right. burps on this team. No, right? No, there's not. And, and I mean, he was, I mean, he's, they, he's an NFL player, you know? Yes. Yeah. And they've got some bodies, like you said earlier, they've got some bodies on the outside that aren't bad, but no, they're not. Four is a good player. Satania can two, really run. Two, Armstrong's a good player. They miss highs. We talked about that. They don't really have anybody to replace him. Um, I mean, Ole Miss can relate to that. When Ole Miss didn't have pre-scorn, their offense was kind of pedestrian, you know? Yep. And they get him back, and their offense becomes kind of elite. Uh, when when Arkansas had highs, they had a threat at tight end. In the middle of the yes. field, he was very effective for them in the red zone. Without him, they don't have that. And you're right. They get Sanders back. He's a terrific back. He's probably going to be more effective this week than he was last week. He's going to shake some of the rust off, et cetera. But again, I, I come back to the same thing. If you tell me that Ole Miss, this is a one-score game or Ole Miss loses, they turned it over three times, and the defense was bad. Yeah, they, they need the offensive line to come and play like they played last week. Um, and, and defensively, they, they need to get back to – they need to get back to swarming the ball in the run game. Yeah. So they, I, I agree with you. They, they do that. You know, I, I feel like Ole Miss, um, I, I feel like Ole Miss has the ability to be explosive a lot more so than this Arkansas team does. Um, they, you know, there's players that can hurt you on the Arkansas sideline and, and they're going to have their moments and they're going to do their things. But sure. if Ole Miss can kind of get back up and bring some of that same energy from last week, I, I agree with you. I think they're the better club right now. Agreed. Hey, Pete, as always, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. We've been brought to you by uh, Riverland Roofing. Don't forget, Riverland Roofing has you covered home or business. If you need an inspection, a new roof, a maintenance program, they can help you. Uh, they're licensed and insured. They service Mississippi and the surrounding states. You can call or text them at 662-644-4297. We will take next week off. Ole Miss does not have a game next week. Thank God. No offense, I'm tired. 
I, I sense the Ole Miss team is tired. If you told me that this game was a little sluggish, I would buy it because it's been two really long weeks, four kind of long weeks. Everybody's ready for a break. And then we'll be back in two weeks as Ole Miss gets ready for uh, a very familiar face, Hugh Freeze and the uh, Auburn Tigers in a second half of the season that I think has a chance to be really exciting. So we'll we'll be back in two weeks. We'll get you ready for Ole Miss at Auburn. Uh, until then, if you're coming to Oxford for the weekend, please be safe, be careful, enjoy your weekend. And uh, for Pete, I'm Neil. Take care. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.